Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. I thought about beginning today with an avuncular voice saying, It is often said like I had some word bomb of wisdom to drop on you, but but I don't think, quote-unquote, it is often said. My friends, what is not often said is the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. And I like the way A.W. Tozier put it. So it's our theme today. With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? (laughs) Hello, Hopeful. Welcome to today's slice of our Monday through Saturday journey through the Bible in a year time together. However imperfectly, and frankly, when we do it every single day, it is usually imperfect. But We seek God's mind in print, his revelation of himself, and happy Family Friday. In fact, happy Black Friday for those of you in the United States, day after Thanksgiving here in the States, and uh, my Thanksgiving was blessed, Um, maybe more modest than it's ever been, Uh, and that's okay. Uh, More low-key, very modest, but I'm warm and fed and thankful for you. Hey, turning to our Old Testament segment. Uh, or New Testament segment. Just going to leave that in there because we're just a keeping it real kind of crew around here. It, you might remember back in 1 Corinthians, and you may not remember, but you might remember that Paul, in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul appealed for help in the relief of Jews in Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been impoverished through famines in Judea in the 40s, the years, meaning that that decade in the 40s, and the collection of money and resources was both an act of charity as well as a symbol of unity between the Gentile Christians and Jews in the church. Now, so far in 2 Corinthians, uh, what we've been reading, um, because Paul is responding to some people, Chapters 1 through 7 is Paul's defense of his legitimacy as an apostle. And we, as we heard recently, then Paul calls for church discipline as an expression of repentance, right? Dealing with some junk that was going on. And then he expresses joy over those who repented, apparently repented. So what we just got done hearing is that in view of this repentance, um, that is the church, the part of the church that uh, weren't still opposed to Paul. He calls the repentant to complete this collection that they had begun earlier for the suffering believers in Jerusalem. Now, that is a long, long intro, but it sets up a context here because we're going to do a longer than average New Testament segment here because the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. And uh, I think you'll see what I mean. Second Corinthians, picking up in chapter 8. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia. 
during a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that, according to their ability and even beyond their ability, of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints. And not just as we had hoped. Instead, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by God's will. So we urged Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete among you this act of grace. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and, and in your love for us, excel also in this act of grace. I'm not saying this as a command. Rather, by means of the diligence of others, I am testing the genuineness of your love. For you know, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter, I am giving advice because it is profitable for you, who began last year not only to do something, but also to want to do it. Now, also finish the task, so that just as there was an eager desire, there may also be a completion according to what you have. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he doesn't have. It is not that there should be relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality. And at the present time, your surplus is available for their need, so that their abundance may in turn meet your need in order that there may be equality. As it is written in the Old Testament, the person who had much did not have too much, and the person who had little did not have too little. I'm going to pause right there. You might recall that line that from back in Exodus 16, Paul is recalling for them the scriptures, the Bible that they would have had, right? But he's recalling when the, um, the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were without food and they started complaining God provided manna and then they didn't have too much and they didn't have too little. And so Paul's making the point going, hey, when we work together, our essential needs are met. All right, continuing on. Here's a section about administration of the collection. Thanks be to God who put the same concern for you into the heart of Titus. For he welcomed our appeal and, being very diligent, went out to you by his own choice. We have sent with him the brother who is praised among all the churches for his gospel ministry. And not only that, but he was also appointed by the churches to accompany us with this gracious gift that we are administering for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We are taking this precaution so that no one will criticize us about this large sum that we are administering. Indeed, we are giving careful thought to do what is right, not only before the Lord, but also before people. We have also sent with them our brother, 
We have often tested him in many circumstances and found him to be diligent, and now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker for you. As for our brother, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Therefore, show them proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you. I'm going to pause right there. What did they just do? Hey, we're taking this big chunk of money to the Jews in Jerusalem that need it. And so that we're not only cool with God, but cool before people, meaning in, in, in the appearance before you and others, we're making sure we have honest, reputable people in multiples, right? There's a reason why, probably why your church has multiple people like count the offering, go to the bank, etc., so that we're above reproach with how we handle money. Important. All right, chapter 9. Now, concerning the ministry to the saints, it is unnecessary for me to write to you, for I know your eagerness, and I boast about you to the Macedonians. Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you in this matter would not prove empty, and so that you would be ready just as I said. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, would be put to shame in that situation. Therefore, I consider it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promised so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Mm. All right, that's two chapters of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Uh, I just want to point out something here as we're rolling here, uh, in part because I want this A.W. Tozier quote to, to just land. 
with the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? That's a nice way of summing it up. But did you hear what Paul was writing to these folks? He says, the one who provides the seed and the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and, and, and increase what? The harvest of your righteousness. My friends, that is really important because the prosperity gospel is, oh, you can't outgive God. You give him a buck and you'll get back 10 or whatever. That's not, that's not what the Bible says. God, he says, the provider knows what you need in material goods, but that's not the important part. It's kind of like when Jesus was, and I'm kind of riffing now, it's kind of like when Jesus was was going to heal the man um, who was uh, lame, and he said, your sins are forgiven. And and people are like, what? <laughs> and, and he's like, that's the most important part. It's not what Jesus said, right? But that was the point. The point was the most important thing was that his sins are forgiven, right? <laughs> but so that you know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, take up your bed and walk. Are you with me? The most important thing is what happens relative to our eternal destiny. All right. We're only going to do one chapter in the Old Testament today because it's kind of in this weird spot between the yesterday and tomorrow. You'll just, you'll just have to trust me on that. But the Israelites are camped out at Kadesh Barnea. They have chosen to turn away from God's blessing and are sent back into the wilderness. That's what we heard, heard last time we were reading here, right? Without the little holiday in between. And the people of Israel are going to learn that God's purpose cannot be thwarted ultimately. Now today, God gives them directions on what life will be like when they finally enter the promised land. Now, if this seems kind of weird, just sit tight and um, and here we go. Interestingly, the superscription in my Bible calls this chapter Laws About Offerings. The Lord instructed Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, when you enter the land I am giving you to settle in, and you make a food offering to the Lord from the herd or the flock, either a burnt offering or sacrifice, to fulfill a vow, or as a free will offering, or at your appointed festivals, to produce a pleasing aroma to the Lord, the one presenting his offering to the Lord is also to present a grain offering of two quarts of fine flour mixed with a quart of oil. Prepare a quart of wine as a drink offering with the burnt offering or sacrifice of each lamb. If you prepare a grain offering with a ram, it is to be four quarts of fine flour mixed with a third of a gallon of oil. Also present a third of a gallon of wine for the drink offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you prepare a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a fellowship offering to the Lord, a grain offering of six quarts of fine flour mixed with two quarts of oil is to be presented with a, the bull. Also present two quarts of wine as a drink offering. It is a food offering of pleasing aroma to the Lord. It is also to be done for each ox, ram, lamb, or goat. This is how you are to prepare each of them, no matter how many. Every Israelite is to prepare these things in this way when he presents the food offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Now, here's an important point. When an alien resides with you, 
or someone else is among you and wants to prepare a food offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he is to do exactly as you do throughout your generations. Pause. Did you hear that? Who is welcome? Everybody who wants to accept God's blessing on God's terms. You with me? Continuing. The assembly is to have the same statute both for you and the resident alien as a permanent statute throughout your generations. You and the alien will be alike before the Lord. I'm going to say that again. You and the alien will be alike before the Lord. This is, my my friends, this is a foreshadowing of the grace offered to all who accept Jesus as Lord. Israel still has a special place in God's heart in ways that we can't get to in Roger's little interlude right here. The grace of Jesus is offered to all people, Jew and Gentile alike. And here it is foreshadowed 1500 years BC. You and the alien will be alike before the Lord. This is Numbers 15, 15. Continuing. The same law and the same ordinance will apply to both you and the resident alien who resides with you. The Lord instructed Moses. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, After you enter the land where I am bringing you, you are to offer a contribution to the Lord when you eat from the food of the land. You are to offer a loaf of your first batch of dough as a contribution. Offer it just like a contribution from the threshing floor. Throughout your generations, you are to give the Lord a contribution from the first batch of your dough. Pause. What's so important about that? He's talking about what's going to happen Remember, they just got turned back from entering the promised land because of sin. But he's already talking about the benefit or what happens down the road, right? So I don't know if it's 40 years later or 38 years later. We know they wandered for another 40 40 years in the wilderness. What's he talking about? This is what grace is going to look like. Continuing. When you sin unintentionally, And do not obey all these commands that the Lord spoke through Moses. All that the Lord has commanded you through Moses from the day the Lord issued the commands and onward through your generations. And if it was done unintentionally without the community's awareness, the entire community is to prepare one young bull for a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord with its grain offering and its drink offering. According to the regulation, one male goat is a sin offering, and the priest will then make atonement for the entire Israelite community so that they may be forgiven for this sin was unintentional. They are to bring their offering, a food offering to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their unintentional sin, and the entire Israelite community and the resident alien who resides among them will be forgiven since it happened to all the people unintentionally. My friends, remember, your sin doesn't just affect you. Mm, Don't forget that. Right? I'm not talking about community or national reparations here. We're just talking about the fact that sin in the body of Christ affects more than just you. Continuing. If one person sins unintentionally, he is to present a year-old female goat as a sin offering. The priest will then make atonement for the before the Lord on behalf of the person who acts in error, sinning unintentionally. And when he makes atonement for him, he will be forgiven. You are to have the same law for the person who acts in error, whether he is an Israelite or an alien who resides among you. But the person who acts defiantly, whether native or resident alien, blasphemes the Lord. That person is to be cut off from his people. 
He will certainly be cut off because he has despised the Lord's word and broken his command. His guilt remains on him. Sabbath violation. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses, Aaron, and the entire community, and they placed him in custody because it had not been decided what should be done to him. Then the Lord told Moses, The man is to be put to death. The entire community is to stone him outside the camp. So the entire community brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death, as the Lord commanded Moses. Next section, Tassels for Remembrance. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them that throughout their generations they are to make tassels for the corners of their garments and put a blue cord on the tassel at each corner. These will serve as tassels for you to look at so that so that you may remember all the Lord's commands and obey them and not prostitute yourselves by following your own heart and your own eyes. What's our theme today, my friends? Even if I'm Rogers, <laughs> the theme is Rogers going long. <laughs> the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. I'm going to keep that going. These will serve as tassels for you to look at so that you may remember all the Lord's commands and obey them and not prostitute yourselves by following your own heart and your own eyes. This way, you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. My friends, I, I pray that this touches down. Uh, the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. And I'm just going to close again with this Tozer quote. Because at the end of the day, this is in a way, it's almost like David's confidence in God's goodness, the way he kicks off Psalm 51, right as he's getting ready to confess all his junk, right? Here's A.W. Tozer to close us out. With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? My friends, let us not trust in our own understanding. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.